Welcome to the Humans of Hospitality podcast with me, Mark Cribb, and this is the week where rumours are circulating that beer gardens may even be able to open on the 22nd of June, but in reality, most of us in the industry still don't have official confirmation that we can even open on the 4th of July, albeit that is what most people seem to currently be aiming for. But the majority of operators with multiple venues that I speak with are certainly planning on only opening a few sites to see how things go, both operationally and if there is actually any kind of customer demand. In other news, the rent crisis is only a few weeks away and with £1.4 billion worth of rent being owed for the next quarter, it feels like we are hurtling towards things getting much harder rather than easier for hospitality. And as many have predicted, reopening is in fact going to be much harder and much more complex than closing. But there is no sucking the positivity out of today's guest. Robert Walton, MBE, seeps hospitality from his veins and is an exceptionally glass half full and upbeat kind of human being. Robert has an MBE, he's a restaurateur, a patron of Hospitality Action, president of the Restaurant Association, founder of the 8th Degree Global, and has even been covered in the FT as a power dresser with his very dapper suit collection. He's also got a very active Instagram account where he also interviews a number of other great humans of hospitality. Now in this episode we have a fantastic chat about his past experiences in hospitality, which have been many and varied. Robert gushes about London's place as the hospitality and tourism world champion and his enthusiasm is infectious. We chat all about the recently launched Young Chef Young Waiter competition and Robert really has done an incredible job of revitalising this event. Some of the best-known industry greats have won this award in the past, but it needed a revamp to stay relevant. And Robert and the Restaurant Association and UK Hospitality have really upped the stakes to the point where you can win a Mercedes-Benz and a night in a top London hotel with a much more glitzy awards ceremony and competition finals. We also touch on all things pandemic and the wider implications of hospitality. And remember, please do scroll down on your phone right now and click on the five stars to help me out, or even better, leave a written review on Apple Podcasts or your player of choice. And as always, do pop over to the Patreon page to make a donation so that I can invest the time and energy into chatting to more inspirational humans of hospitality who make the world of food and drink such a great place to hang out. I very much hope you enjoy our chat. Robert Walton, MBE, President of the Restaurant Association. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hugely appreciated. Can I just ask where in the world you are, please, Robert? Are you at home? Or? Um, well, firstly, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, I'm at home, as, and I have been for, what are we in now? I think we're in 13th week, I think. So um, apart from actually managing to get out and play two games of golf, that has pretty much been it, actually. And that was only in the last two weeks. Um, so, yeah. So I'm yeah. at home and I am sort of between Pangbourne and Goring, which is in Berkshire. So it's nice. I have a garden. I'm, I'm lucky. I think the have and have nots have been who's got a garden and who hasn't got a garden, actually. So, um, yeah. Uh, absolutely very happy with i'm uh, not very happy but i'm very happy in, in, yeah. in where i am under the present yeah. circumstances yeah yeah great grateful at least um and do, do you normally have an office somewhere do you normally work in the city or are you pretty much based from home anyway well we we did i had an office in dover street in uh, mayfair for a year we tried that and and uh, and i'm a member of the arts club and a member of many clubs in london and nobody ever wanted to meet in the office they only ever wanted to meet in the arts club or in hay hill club or 67 pound mile or somewhere like that so i thought to myself actually what's the point sorry i just realized i've got some music running here let's turn that off yeah, um, sorry, thank you. um i i suddenly uh, so i was never in the office and i thought this is crazy so and the beauty of technology of course is you can work from anywhere and so we suddenly started using obviously the clubs that i was a member of or ambassadors of and and then I thought, well, you know, we can – so that's how it all worked. And then, of course, now we've been locked in at home. Well, it's definitely going to change people's um, attitude on how they go about going forward, I'm sure, because 
you know, we've we've done a lot at home, and 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 I quite enjoy it. And I think a lot of other people. I mean, I'm again, I have a garden. I've got a nice view. So on that basis, it's quite a nice experience to be at home um, all this time and without jumping on a train at seven in the morning, you know, and having that whole period of time. So um, the answer, it's a long-winded answer, is that most of, yes, the office is really based at home now. Yeah, so pretty pretty transient. But I think you're right. I think 91% of people or something are saying that they don't want to go back to life exactly as it was before. So I think, yeah, if you've you've had a period of time in your garden, we have been somewhat spoiled by the incredible weather uh, during this process, which which we'll come back to. But so your your background, I just want to touch on this. And and this is, uh, we could probably spend two hours on this. So MBE, restaurateur, trustee of the Hospitality Action, president of the Restaurant Association, founder of Ninth Degree Global, FT Power Dresser, uh, exceptional beard, Instagram, interviewer my god you're one of the busiest humans I, I, i've ever not quite met but have over the internet uh is, is that fair you seem to be an incredibly busy man you know <laughs> when you start going on that one yeah there's a few more things as well that you've missed but we won't go into those um so i, I i'm a restaurant i'm a i'm a chef i'm a restaurateur uh started many many years ago in london I opened my first restaurant when i was 24 I opened my second restaurant when i was 27 Bought my first hotel when I was 33, still have a part of that now, many, many, many years later. Um, Joined the Restaurant Association in 1992, became the chairman in 2007, got my MBE in 2008, uh, became the president in 2009. I'm the 11 years of president, the longest ever president of the Restaurant Association. I'm, I'm passionate about hospitality, full stop. I'm, as you say, a trust, uh, was a trustee of Hospitality Action, patron of Hospitality Action, patron of Springboard. I just, you know, I'm in it. I'm in it, hook, line, and sinker. You know, I, I love the whole, I love everything that hospitality has given me, and I love everything that I'm going to get out of it. And I can't seem to stop uh, going forward in, in whatever opportunity it gives me. And so, you know, in this weird time we're in and you just touched on it you know what am I going to do well I've learned more about social media in the last three weeks and I've learned about social media in the last three years and I have um I've really enjoyed I've been doing some cooking online now not just some now I've now done 46 videos uh one every day uh, and then the latest thing that we did were these uh, Insta Lives, which is, you know, a, a newish type of of uh, interviewing, if you like, or, 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 or meeting people online. And I really, really enjoy speaking to the chefs. And I, and I was speaking to Theo Randall and Simon King and, and Tom Aitkins and Adam Handling last week. And the, the, the great thing about it um, – Mark, is that I've had time to speak to them. If I was to go to Tom Aitken's restaurant, his new one in Muse, which I did when he first opened, it's an amazing experience. But I don't get time to talk to him about how he started, where he trained. I mean, he's a younger, one of the youngest two Michelin star chefs. So it's, it's, it's just, it's sort of one fuels the fire of something else. You know, I get just as excited now I'm going to speak to Jason Atherton tomorrow. We'll have 45 minutes or so. We'll be talking about all kinds of things, exactly that we're going to be talking about today, about where we are, the circumstances, you know, how he got all of his restaurants together, et cetera, et cetera. Young chef, young waiter, which we've launched, all of these things. And I'll spend more time talking to Jason tomorrow about that than I will have done in probably, you know, in all the times, not all the times I've met him because I've met him many times, but just having a proper conversation. And I suppose then this has given us that opportunity to do these things. And I'm a one that will always grab the opportunity and twist it and turn it and make the best of it, you know. And I think we're brilliant in the hospitality sector to do that. 
I think I think you're right. I think you epitomise uh, hospitality. This is called the humans of hospitality, and you are clearly that because you've been doing it your whole life. And actually, I, I, so I just in, in researching this morning, I watched a couple of your uh, Insta interviews, and uh, you come across brilliantly. You've got a really warm uh, character. I think I saw you cooking a toad in the hole and something about a Scotch egg. So uh, yeah, brilliant. I, I thoroughly recommend that people uh, go and have a look, and, and it's one of the reasons why I also love this sector. Is I guess it, it's full of some beautiful human beings, which we're going to come on to when we talk about the sort of next generation of, of human beings with the young chef young waiter but for people who don't know can you just explain a little bit that the restaurant association you know been around for a very long time yeah uh, now merged has it with with uk hospitality in some form can you just explain a little bit about what it is and what it does and why you've been involved and i suppose how it's changed in the last 28 years sure well it's changed so i hosted in 2018 the the uh, 50th anniversary of the restaurant association and we then have carried on. Uh, it's now called the Restaurant Association Gala Dinner. So it's 52 years old, <clears throat> of course, excuse me. Um, and the and, and Restaurant Association was created by a, a wonderful man, Roy Ackerman, as you, you would know him, and uh, some real sort of greats of the past. Um, Manny Franks and Roy Ackerman and Robert Carrier and all these names of many years ago who decided they wanted to create a little association, a group of people, and they wanted to um, just get together. And then it was about how can we assist? What can we do? How can we assist the the industry? What can we do to give back? One of those, so that then went on through, and I'll come to Young Chef Young Waiter in a minute because Young Chef Young Waiter, you can. We'll come on to that as a separate one. But Young Chef Young Waiter was one of the initiatives, uh, hence Young Chef Young Waiter is now 41 years old. Um, and it was one of the initiatives that Roy started uh, back in back in those days with Prue Leith, by the way, who was on, uh, was one of the chairman. I mean, many, many, many amazing people have been through the Restaurant Association. And so it then uh, we, we were completely separate for that period. Um, and then I can't remember the exact date. But let's just it, pick around around about late 90s, 2000. We merged with the BHA. Or you remember the BHA, the British Hospitality Association. And then the British Hospitality Association, the Restaurant Association, we under the umbrella of Bob Cotton and the, and the BHA. And then um, the BHA then merged with the ALMR. The ALMR, yep. And the and uh, BHA to form UK Hospitality. So the Restaurant Association is under now the umbrella of UK Hospitality. Um, and I sort of kept the flag flying, if you like, for the Restaurant Association, along with David Lowy, of course, who's the chairman. David Lowy, part of D&D, uh, uh, one of the owners of D&D. And so, and so it's just a very good uh, voice for, for restaurants. And if you like, the restaurants are, are, if you, are, are, are celebrity brand. Aren't they? I mean, the hospitality sector, the hospitality industry is so enormous. Um, and I work very, very closely with Michelin. Uh, I'm a partner, as in the nth degree, you mentioned that one as well, as a partner of Michelin. And we're the, one of the only partners of Michelin. I run an event called the Michelin Revelation, which is the revealing of the new Michelin stars, which, of course, are all restaurants. So... The restaurant sector, if you like, is the sexy part uh, with all these amazing, amazing talent and, and these incredible chefs that we have. But obviously, they're just a top tiny bit of it. Um, but they're, they're a good voice to get out there. And when we host the Restaurant Association Gala, we have about 25 to 30 of these great chefs there. We sort of give it a, give it a bit of the, you know, get all the press there and everything else. But ultimately... That they're just a bit of icing on the cake. You know, the real hard work is done by all of us. Not that they don't do hard work, but all of us, you know, in every form. And we talk about UK hospitality. You know, they represent, or we represent, as I put that hat on, um, every form from holiday camps to motorway service stations and all in between, you know. So it's really a mass organisation. I've been very... Pleased and proud of the work Kate Nichols has been doing, I have to say. You know, she has been, uh, we're on a call with her today. She has been um, really uh, very, you know, she's, I've seen her on TV, I've seen her on interviews, I've seen her on the radio. 
or heard on the radio. And I think she's doing a great job. Yeah. I had Kate on the podcast a few weeks ago, actually, and she has an incredible uh, energy and mm. uh, yeah, re- really is achieving some stuff. And do you think that as a result of the pandemic, which we're going to come into, obviously, we're in the midst of sort of COVID lockdown, but do you think that's raised the profile in many ways of hospitality with government? Because it feels like Kate and UK Hospitality have sort of been in there, you know, chatting about the details of, of furloughing and the various support for what is such a big sector and that has been you know really impacted so yeah do you think it's a a bit of a change maybe with government or has it always been the case i think that it certainly well the government aren't stupid that hospitality is the third biggest employer in the country and brings in however many billions into the hmr into hmrc so uh, but i think it's i think they recognize now the 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 significance of it in then how many employees we have i mean i look the significance of the nhs now has been recognized if you like the significance of of lots of different uh, different um uh, it, it, uh, sectors of our of our of, of the of the country have been recognized in ways that they weren't before but i think she's doing a, a really good job in making sure our voice is heard um and I'm very pleased, in, and we will listen to the latest update today. And she's really on point with it. You know, she has all of the statistics at her fingertips. Very, very, very pleased with the way she's dealing with it. And she's trying to deal with it. You know, we're coming from a restaurant sector, our restaurant bit. She's got to deal with the same from from hotels, of course, which 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 you're in, or pubs, or we're all basically under the same. You know, on June the July the fourth, when we're allowed to open doors, who's going to open? How are they going to open? But I, I think you know, you, you were talking about you have a great big terrace. Well, you have a great big terrace, and so you'll be able to work out plans of how that's going to work. And I was speaking on one of my my Insta lives with Tom Aitkins, who has a, a beautiful tiny restaurant in the middle of Belgravia. Now, how on earth he, you know, there's no comparison to your opening and his opening. Uh, and then you've got Claude Bosi, who I had a chat to the other day on another It's Alive, and he's got Babenden, which is a very big restaurant for the number of covers he's got. So how will he do it? And how will we work on, we sort of jumped onto COVID at the moment, but how will we open restaurants? So I was talking to somebody the other day, we were talking about, you can sit back to back. You haven't got to be, one meter, even two meters at the moment, as far as I know. Um, now that could, so if that's the case, that changes a lot. But suppose when somebody turns around, I don't know, you know, very, <laughs> yeah. very, it's, very- it- it's going to be complicated. I mean, you know, you've been in hospitality clearly for a lifetime. So you've gone through recessions, you know, you've gone mm. through uh, crashes in the stock market, terrorist attacks. What's your thoughts on the scale of what we're going through now? Presumably, you know, unprecedented, I suppose, with, with regards to the impact, I suppose, specifically on hospitality sort of looks like it's got it got hit first and it's going to come out last, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, we're not in the airlines, I suppose. That could be worse, True. wouldn't it? I'm, yeah, or theatres as well. They've got uh, big challenges. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm in events. You know, my my I run five events, <clears throat> um, uh, which are, uh, I mean, the Mission Revelation, for instance, you know, the Tatler Restaurant Awards, the gala. Now, only one really has been affected because there was one that was going to be in September, which is the International Restaurateur Dinner, which which I run and host. So on that basis, I'm feeling okay because everything is postponed. My hotel, for instance, is, um, it, it, you know, we've got lots of, we had lots of wedding books uh, booked. And so most, I, I would probably say 90% more. I said, let's just postpone it. Let's just postpone it until we can do it, you know, which is great. Um, I have flights booked to go to to the US at the moment. I said, well, this. Let's just hold them. You know, I'm happy to have a, a voucher or something at the moment because I will use them. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it's going to be a very, uh, a very difficult time for us all as we slowly come out of this. Um, uh, sorry, let's just go back to your question. 
Yeah, no, no, well, I'm going to lead on from that. So, you know, hospitality in general, a lot of the people that I've been speaking to in the last uh, 12 months have said that, you know, 2019 was a really tough year. We seem to be sort of being squeezed by increased cost, increased margins. We obviously had a lot of uncertainty with Brexit, multiple elections. So it, it felt like a tough time anyway. Do you think that's valid? And do you think that was more the sort of the high street side of the industry? And, and were, were the sort of the hotels and the more sort of premium places okay? Or do you think that the timing of this... I don't know. It's just it's just interesting with that backdrop around the challenges of the last sort of twenty four months. Mm. Well, one of the questions you asked, yeah, was 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 it any different? I, I mean, I have been. I, I bought my hotel in nineteen ninety, um, and I also started my first restaurant in nineteen eighty. So I've been through a whole load of different ups and downs. I suppose the only thing, if you like, is there a comforting factor of today and when i say that is there a company factor of today there's probably no company but the reason i say that is because in 19 in in, in i bought my hotel in 2008 when we had the financial crash the very first company that pulled out of an event for me was royal bank of scotland for fifty-two thousand pounds i'll never forget it and i thought god that's a bit of a dent you know and of course it was a banking crisis that created the crisis it wasn't my fault of running my hotel and uh, and I ran my hotel very, very well, and we had loads of events, and it was amazing. But the banking crisis created my crisis. And I just felt then that obviously I didn't get government help. I didn't get my staff weren't furloughed. I didn't get anything of that nature. You know, you were on your own. And anyone who's listening to this will know, will remember that then you were on your own and you had to just deal with it. And we had to just deal with it. We had to cut back staff. We had to do whatever we had to do. So... When I say the word comforting, <laughs> I'm not saying, there are a number of people in the same position as me in those days as well. But the comforting aspect of it is, is when I speak to uh, my wife's family who are in Australia and I speak to my friends who have restaurants in L.A. and all in between, we're all in the same boat. And every venue and every restaurant around the world is in the same position. It's so bizarre. Um, and none of us are open, really. You know, if you speak to, you know, Spain or Greece, you know that everything's sort of opening, but it isn't. So, it, it, is it? Yes, it's worse, isn't it? Of course, it is. It's worse than anything I think we've ever seen. And and I feel really, you know, you you were talking. You know, you've got restaurants and a hotel. Um, it, it's it's a super tough one. I think the government. I'm not going to say the government have anyway been perfect, but I think on the financial side, they've been pretty good. I think that the extension to furlough and what they're going to do and where they've sort of moved it at the moment in, in keeping uh, a higher percentage than we thought they were going to keep is really positive. Um, I think these loans uh, uh, seem to be getting through now to venues. Um, I think that's, that's quite good. Uh, but it is a tough, tough time, isn't it, Mark? It is, yeah. Um, yeah, it, re- it, re- it really is, yeah. Uh, do you think that, you know, this is going to be – is it just a hibernation and a pause in your mind where we are going to come out the other side of this and return to normal? Or do you see this as a as a bigger change, I suppose? You know, are the, the VCs going to get their fingers burnt and leave hospitality for a little while? Are, are a number of the sectors going to go under? You know, do you think the, the independence – will survive or is it going to be the big players that survive? Have you got any thoughts on what hospitality might, might look different, you know, afterwards? Wow. They're really good questions, aren't they? If I knew all those answers, wow. <laughs> they are really good questions. Well, you strike me as the sort of person that might have been pondering them anyway, I suppose, well, rather I than, than putting no, on the two spots too much. Of, every question you've just asked, I've asked myself, you know. That's, that's um, a bit of luck. I think, look, are we – wouldn't it be lovely if we would just go straight? It was not obviously not going to go straight back as we were. Um, is there going to be a vaccine? Is there going to be an antibody test? When are we going to get these things in? How are we going to try? I, the, the thing is, right now, I, I said earlier on, we're, I'm going to speak to Kate, and there's going to be some amazing restaurateurs and companies on that Zoom call. And Kate will give us the update. And literally week by week, there is an update. And I believe we're due for the the definitive hospitality guide to come out in the next two or three weeks uh, of how restaurants are supposed to open. Um, Mostly it will be risk assessment based, as we know. 
It's going to be making sure your staff are safe. And if your staff are safe, one will assume your customers will be safe. Um, will the VCs, will they buy in? Well, I, look, I suppose if you were being, if you were being very honest, they will might they might look at opportunities, might they? Because there's going to be opportunities out there, unfortunately, because not everyone's going to make it through. Well, those I don't know. I mean, it's a really difficult one because I I am the last person to be negative about anything, and I want everything to be rosy in the garden. But of course, it's not going to be, you know. Uh, and yes, there, there will be opportunities. Will they still invest? I, I can't see why wouldn't they, you know, that we, we have created, you know, you, you were telling me about your, you, one of your locations is in Bournemouth. You know, we, the UK, London has been recognized as, a, as the hospitality food and service capital of the world. We've got that. We're number one. Now that is fantastic. Why is it number one? You know, tourists come here. They not only want to come and see the Royal family, want to go see everything else in museums. They want to go to our amazing restaurants and, and, dine in our fantastic establishments right they also want to go around the country and i was speaking to to tom aitkins about this last week there really isn't you don't think now of going to an establishment where you have a bad meal you just don't think of it you might not have the best service and that's the key but you probably don't think these days god the food was terrible you know, it just sort of doesn't roll off the tongue anymore because everyone thinks about food because we've all become food lovers and foodies. So will the independents do better? Will the groups do better? I su- It's going to take a bit of time to get everyone's confidence back. I saw something. Somebody sent me something today from Germany that the restaurants, was it Germany? I think I saw a graph. The restaurants are almost back to where they were. Now, it was a really interesting graph of the, the real you. You know, you go down to the bottom and then you bounce back. Now, I literally haven't got any more information on it. I just saw it this morning. Can't yeah, no, I did, I did see that. Actually, I think there's a bit of uh, debate around that. Because, or something, are they? Yeah, it, it was. And I think the issue is, so it, it was regard to restaurant bookings in Germany. So it was some data. I don't know if it was from Res Diary or Open Table, but it was from one of those guys. But I think the counterpoint that was being made is because you now have to book to go to a restaurant. So basically, right, yeah. there are no walk-ins. So actually, although bookings have, have gone back to previous levels, right. uh, because there's no walk-ins, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that yeah, restaurants' levels are back. So I think I think everybody got a little bit excited when they first saw it, and yeah, then somebody yeah, pointed yeah. that out, and we went, "Ah, damn, yeah, it was uh, not not quite necessary necessarily the full picture." Uh, but don't worry, I, I, of, oh, go on. quite like the idea of, of of bookings. I mean, I suppose it, again, you know, I, I'm thinking about what where you said and your your location. You know, your location, I would imagine, being the where you are and, and, and situated where you are, would be lots of walk-ins. I would imagine. It is yes, and gosh, if we could if we could convert people to book rather than just walk in, it would be incredible. I don't I don't think people appreciate, and I guess where we've had an oversupply in the market for the last few years, you know, it's been too easy to just rock up on, on the night. And I guess we've got used to booking very late, even with hotels through the likes of all the OTAs that mean that you know you can always find somewhere to stay. Is that yeah, it makes it much more challenging as an operator from a food waste perspective, I guess, because we don't know what to cook on the night. But from a staffing oh, perspective, yeah, yeah. it's always hard to law that you know, particularly down in coastal towns, because it will be pouring with rain at three o'clock so you'll send all your team home and prepare for a quiet evening and the sun will come out two hours later and you'll get absolutely smashed and you think my goodness if we could just even this out so yeah one of one of the things i'm excited about is actually yeah, yeah get get getting more bookings and i, I suppose I, think- I suppose if you were a coastal you know you can have a great big sign up or or, or you'd have it on the website that to come to this venue you have to book I and mean, people can book sitting on the beach you know i mean they can just pick up the phone and book a table, but at least you would know what's going on, I suppose. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and we, in fact, we're just about to launch uh, this week. We're going to open our what is normally a, a sit-down restaurant, sort of three hundred cover restaurant on the beach, but we, we're just turning it into a takeaway. And we've built a little app so you can you can be outside, so you can sit on the beach and you can order your food, and then we'll text you when it's ready, and you walk up to a collection point outside, and it's completely contactless, kind of yeah, purchase process, payment process. The only point you're sort of near a human is, is, is when you collect. So yeah, that opportunity to be creative and come up with some different solutions, I think, is great, and I think it's what what we're good at as a sector we're full of really 
interesting human beings, which is probably a nice segue to talk about something that I know you're very passionate about is mm. is employment and employment opportunities, and particularly, you know, the sort of younger side. So under, under 26, young chef, young waiter competition. Can you just tell me uh, a little bit about what that is and why you're involved? So this is a passion of mine. We talk about passion and, and I, I don't really, apart from doing some cooking online now, which I've loved, and apart from uh, you, you know, being a voice in hospitality and being connected to it in every part of my body, I don't actually, you know, sit and have restaurants to, to sort of deal with. But I'm so passionate about the our, our industry that looking after the future talent is vital and so important to me. So what what we do is, and what, what I did last year, so Young Chef Young Wait has been going since 1979. Uh, I was the chairman. Funnily enough, I spoke to um, Adam Handling last week, and he was, he was actually a finalist in 2011. And my PR company flashed it up that I'd given him the award, you know, as a finalist. Until I, didn't, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't seen him since then. So it's really marvelous to see that sort of where he's gone from there to where he is today. And, you know, past winners of Young Chef, Young Waiter, uh, uh, Mark Sargent, Nathan Outlaw, uh, Marcus Waring, you know, amazing names. Simon King, Simon Gurley, some great, you know, um, people that have gone on to run big establishments. Uh, and the winner of last year, Rich Henderson is now with Tom Aitkins and Alessandro, I can't pronounce his surname, actually, but he knows who he is. Yeah, Calzavaca, I think, something like that. And, um, um, well, I can't pronounce it, but I haven't got it in front of me. (laughs) I've cheated. I have got it in front of me. Um, (laughs) He's now at the Dorchester. So, you know, already their careers have taken it. And Rich has been very proactive with the NHS and posting online. So very happy that he has taken the opportunity and run with it. So it, 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 the annoying thing about Young Chef, Young Waiter is that through the BHA and then UKH, they, had not, they didn't have the staffing and the time to run it. So um, <clears throat> I picked it up and basically took over the, the brand and, uh, and we now run the brand as our, as our own brand. And we redesigned it under the nth degree, which is my, which is my other company, which links, which sort of is the facilitator to everything. And we restyled it, rebranded it, and made it a much younger, dynamic, more energetic brand. And now it looks good. Now it looks cool. Now it's up to date. And the secret of last year was I decided that this competition should be totally online until the very final. And the reason I did that was not because I was expecting a a pandemic to come in, or anything else, it was purely that the chefs were had no time. Uh, there were too many competitions, and you 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 would have known this. You 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 know the the industry well. There are too many competitions which the chefs have to be here, have to be there. You have to go and talk. You know, it's great, and you do your thing, and you give back, and all that stuff. But actually, the chefs I know, I knew, and the waiters, and everyone involved in judging were saying, "God, you know, I've got to do the, the such and such competition." But really, I don't have time. So I wanted to come up with a route that all the applications, bearing in mind all of the young chefs and waiters that apply are 26 and under, and they're young professionals. So anyone can, whilst we're talking that now, anyone of 26 and under who is a young professional in the hospitality sector in this country can apply whatever, wherever you come from, on Young Chef, Young Waiter, com you'll go on the website and you'll see the entry forms and you can apply and i just wanted to make sure that anyone could come into this but more than anything my judges can judge the applications are online the judging is online so nobody has to do anything until the last two days in november now that makes it easy for my judges that's why i've got such a vast array of amazing judges that that are supporting young talent in this country so can, can I just ask, Robert, is that, is that a video or is that a written application? How does that work? It's a combination of both. It's a small written application and then there's a video. There's a list of exercises for the chefs and for the waiters. And they just send in a, a phone video and then those videos go to the different judges. 
<coughs> and those judges will have no idea where those people come from. So if you come from, you know, Sodexo's contract or any any contract caterer or any pub or, or, or any, any route of professional catering and you want to enter, you can enter and the judges will have no idea where you come from. So, you know, if you're from the Fat Duck or a three-mission-style restaurant or if you're from the little pub in the Outer Hebrides, you know, you can apply and those judges will not know where you've come from. Uh, and the same with the, the waiters, exactly, exactly. So it's it's really easy. You apply online, you do a small video, and then there's a few questions and a, and a couple of little exercises that you have to show. Yeah. Um, and obviously uh, they can't taste the food. So what are, is there a criteria they're looking for? I'm thinking sort of provenance of, of dishes or presentation. Is, is, is it a published sort of criteria that, that they're being judged against? Yeah, well, you'll, you'll see in, in, the, in the application, it will go through the judging process and what the judges are looking for. But, you know, a lot of it's about personality. A lot of it is about skill. And they'll be able to tell a lot from, from who they are. But um, we, we, were, we had a lot of applications last year. This is the biggest competition in the country, by the way, for young chefs and waiters by miles. And um, we had a lot of applications last year. This year, we're expecting hundreds <laughs> because this is the perfect competition at the perfect time. And by default, I created it to be totally online until the very end. Uh, it's, it's absolutely perfect for right now. So I'm so excited that we've launched this. We literally launched it two weeks ago. The application forms I've just had a look at, uh, uh, which will go out, and we will personally, my team will personally be writing to many, many restaurants with the application forms because a lot of this stuff can get lost in all of the media, you know. So I like our media part, one of our media partners is Tatler, Tatler Magazine. Um, and the caterer put it out, uh, Craft Guild of Chefs have put it out, uh, the U- UKH will put it out, um, but also we then do our own. You, you know, uh, Mark, that you can send, you know, you can put on newsletters, you know, a hundred times and, oh, where I didn't see it. Well, you didn't send it to me, you know. So we actually then write to the chefs and the restaurants, and we've got a lot of them, um, and we tell people, look, this is the application form, so there's no excuse not to not to get your young team to apply. And I'm pushing it all the time. So yeah, I, think I think we're going to be inundated. I'm really excited. And by the way, the winners of Young Chef, Young Waiter can win a Mercedes each for a year. That's, that's exactly what I was just about to mention, Robert, <laughs> is that one of the reasons it's going to be popular is I had a little look on the website. I was like, my goodness, you don't see many. Chef- Normally you get a, a certificate you know, signed by somebody, yeah, or, or, or maybe if you're really lucky, a trophy. Uh, but not many chef competitions do you win a car that's probably better than the person who owns the restaurant that, that's, that's sending you. So uh, that's got to be a pretty, a pretty big incentive, I suppose, isn't it? Well, that gives you the whole – so – when we talked about the nth degree, the nth degree is a facilitating business that I run, which I own, which is the brand that brings. And when I thought about Young Chef, Young Waiter, and I thought about how it was run in the past, any brand could be involved in Young Chef, Young Waiter, a clothing brand, a, uh, obviously anything within hospitality, but a watch brand, you know, a technology brand, a car brand, any brand can be involved. These are young people on social media right now i have just seen the power of social media myself you know gaining two thousand followers in a month i mean my goodness me it's more than my wife got my wife's you know very good at it <laughs> she's quite, quite <laughs> jealous of my increase in my social media presence but um so i think it's your beard robert i think you're banging vogue at the moment you've got such a beautifully quaffed beard that anybody you're just you're just like a perfect instagram shot that's what it is <laughs> Well, well, I'm I'm very happy to carry on with these sort of conversations, Mark, um, <laughs> and, and the suits and suits and everything. Um, but you know, so any brand, any brand can be involved in Young Chef Your Way. And I was, and I kept looking at the uh, other events that were running, and other, and at the moment, by the way, there are no events running. There are no competitions running because of what. Well, I'm saying there's certainly no chef and waiter competition running because you can't get out there at the moment. So this is the perfect competition at the perfect time with the perfect end because you, you guys, you know, includes insurance. I mean, it's such a brilliant prize and I'm so pleased 
to have Mercedes close to us. And so we'll have some other other big brands as we go forward with this that we're just negotiating at the moment. Obviously, it's a slightly different setup now. And what I've done with brands as well is we've redesigned the document that these brands will be supporting as opposed to sponsoring. So, you know, all the money goes in and obviously there's a cost of running this event. It doesn't run on its own. But um, we also look at, um, you can see the two charities or the two association groups we look after, which is Future Chef and Adopt a School. So there's a complete circle here from, from the judges on the old school and, and, the, and the, the guys who have made it right down to, the, to, to Future Chef from, from schools and Adopt a School with both the Royal Academy of Culinary Arts and Springboard. So everyone's involved it's a it's a wonderful group of people all working for the same cause yeah no it looks fantastic and when, when they come to the final in november how does that work is this a, in, in a restaurant are you actually cooking for the public is it invitees only and then obviously the, the waiters as well so yeah private private event over a couple of days can you just yeah. explain a little bit about how that works yeah it was so last year with the first year we 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 sort of showcased how we were going to run it and it was absolutely fantastic all the chefs 32 chefs and waiters stayed at the hard rock hotel uh the new one which had just literally opened so that was they'd all come from all over the country so you know and some of them have not been to london much before i mean you know that sounds odd but if you're coming from you know northumberland then you know you're not popping in and out of london every five minutes you know so it was brilliant to see Everyone coming together, we hosted a, a dinner for them. And Thea Randall, who's a head judge, he's a delight. And Simon, who are just absolutely fantastic uh, 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 head judges of waiters and chefs. Uh, and then, then it's a two-day competition. We really put them through the, you know, through their tasks. It's a two-day. It's it's a bit sort of, I suppose you would use a term. It's a bit X factorish in its root, you know, because. We we whittle down the thirty two to six chefs and six waiters uh, in a very short space of time um, by some really uh, intense exercises and tasks, um, and then and then on the last uh, on the lunch of the second day we know who the last six are and we announce that and the secret. And the ethos between be, about young chef, young waiter was ultimately pairing a chef and a waiter together to work together to plan the menu and to serve four people. So six chefs and six waiters will work together. Those two will work together. They will serve a table of four, which will be the VIP guests and chefs and everyone else. So they've got uh, they've got to work together, and that's how it works and then at the end the final award ceremony where we had john Turode, who was brilliant who was also the chairman of chef judges in nine in 2003 or four i think he said um he helped do the awards at quaglinos where we decided that we wanted to make it very relaxed no dress no formal no black tie uh, a nightclub scene, 300 people at Quaglinos having a super party, great videos, great audio, great music, loads of wine, loads of booze. And let's just have a party and celebrate. And I, I felt, <laughs> right or wrongly, that that is what an audience, if you were 26 and under, would want. And I was going to say, I think if I was, uh, yeah, if I was twenty six or under, it's been a while, but uh, I, I would definitely be uh, applying for that. It sounds great. You sound like the Simon Cowell, and you're almost creating. If you're putting people who don't know each other together, it's like creating a pop band, isn't it? You've got your your waiter and your chefs, and you make them work together. That must be a, an an interesting dynamic. But I suppose that's the point of hospitality. I think that that sort of the past is a fascinating social experiment between back of house and front of house, and and the kind of the change, I suppose, of what needs to happen out the front is always about you know hospitality as and it might be a birthday or anniversary and it's all happy and, and, and jolly and you've got to look after somebody and, and in the kitchen it might be very precise you know you've got 45 seconds until that souffle is going to drop and it's much more military and I think the transition over the past is brilliant so it must be quite interesting just to see the the sort of yeah the personality relationships I suppose between those characters as well 
Uh, you're absolutely right. It, 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 it's, and, and, you know, you create this new family. So each winning chef and winning waiter um, will become ambassadors and judges as well. Uh, they will all automatically come into the judging panel, which is brilliant. So you'll keep the family, the new family rolling. But, you know, um, Mark, there were a number of things that haven't happened this year. Um, the Department of International Trade <coughs> had uh, had negotiated with us with Expo 2020. So the, win- the whole final of Young Chef, Young Waiter was supposed to be this year at Expo 2020. Uh, the other part of Young, which will now be next year. So in other words, we will have the final this year. I mean, even if we have a COVID plan, even if we couldn't host it uh, uh, in a location, which I think we will, and we do have a location. I don't want to say where it is just at the moment in case things change, but we have a new location and I'm really excited about where we're going to host the finals. And it's a f- like a five-star location. Because I actually didn't want to be back in universities. So we hosted it last year at University uh, at um, uh, Westminster uh, Kingsway. Westminster Kingsway? Yeah, Westminster College anyway. Um, uh, But I wanted to get away from that because that's what everyone else does. And I'm trying to make this the competition uh, 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 for everybody to not only the judges to be excited by, but obviously the contestants. <clears throat> and we 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 had this incredible opportunity which we announced which was that all the finalists 24 finalists would be flown to du- uh, dubai and they would host the final of the competition on expo 2020 and that would be used by the uk stand to showcase british hospitality which would be fantastic uh, and i was you know within a year we've taken this sort of multiple competition to Expo and, uh, and beyond. And when I say beyond, the reason I say that is because all, also this year we are launching Young Chef, Young Waiter China in the UK because obviously we can't go to China at the moment. Um, the Chinese hospitality sector has equally been hit terribly. Um, and I feel because, you know, they've got nothing to do with how all this, you know, OK, originated from China, but nothing to do with your restaurants in Chinatown here in, in London and so and all over the country. So they need support. And also, so I'm working um, with a fantastic lady, Ching, Ching He Wong, if I pronounce her name correctly, I hope I have, um, who is a sort of Chinese hospitality about she's the face of Chinese food, I think, over here at the moment. And I'm also working with Enam Ali, who runs the Curry Awards, and we're going to do what we call uh, Young Chef, Young Waiter South Asia. So we're going to incorporate Bangladesh and India and Pakistan and Nepal. So we're actually going to have three competitions in one in the UK, and that forms the basis of where I want Young Chef, Young Waiter to go, which is World Young Chef, World Young Waiter. So, um, and that is my goal for it. And I have this five-year vision that we will have 20 or 25 countries hosting Young Chef, Young Waiter. And then the year after, you have the world finals every year. So every year somewhere, there will be a world Young Chef, world Young Waiter. So it was a start of redesigning, and it's a start of a, of a five-year mission and vision. And now that takes it into another, literally another world altogether, because I can't wait. I get, I'm actually get goosebumps when I even talk about this, when I say that one day standing on the stage, there will be TV, there will be media going crazy. They'll have Michelin with me. I'll have Tatler with me. I'll have every possible route. I'll have Hello, I'll have everything. But somewhere in the world, there will be the world young chef and the world young waiter. Now, that's quite something. 
Yeah, that's incredible. You're giving me goosebumps. I think it's good. And I think what's exciting there is because you come from the hospitality world rather than from the events world, because I, I find it sad sometimes some of the, the hospitality events you can you go to if they're run by an events company, because we're good at hospitality. The reason that you can deliver that and you talk about, you know, the music and you talk about the energy in the room and you talk about the location and, and is that you understand that hospitality is all about how you make people feel. And, and uh, I think that's going to that's going to put it in good stead to actually deliver that aspiration um, a part of this and, and you talking there I think would motivate people to come into what I probably share your your passion and excitement for what is such a creative and energized sector but there's no getting away from the fact that all too often you know the parents of, of young kids probably look at hospitality as being low pay overwork you know something you do uh, in between jobs why do you think this is such a, a great sector for people to come and work within mm. well I think uh and they they they're right to think that because for many years it was like that, but I don't think it's like that anymore. I, I'm not saying it isn't like that in every location. Of course, it isn't. But certainly, look, if you want to be good at anything, you're going to have to work. I don't care what it is. You know, if you're going to be a doctor, if you're going to be anything, if you're going to be a lawyer, whatever it is, you're going to have to work. And so, you know, don't come into it if you don't if you don't want to work hard. But the work, the reward you get from what we do, the reward, and bizarrely, I'm doing these online cooking things. I'm suddenly starting thinking about it again. I've cooked since I was 16. I've suddenly suddenly started thinking about cooking and thinking about it. And the reward, I, I made an omelette the other day. Now, by the way, it's a fantastic omelette, I have to say. But the reward I got in just doing it properly, because we'll all make an omelet. But actually, when you think about it, and I thought about it, and I just did my own, I thought, I'm going to do it this way, I'm going to do it that way. And, and, it's, and it's on, I have this, anyone, Robert Walton MBE um, Instagram channel, have a look, they're all on these stories or whatever it is. But, and so I get reward at my age out of cooking um, or, and serving and watching people go, Gosh, this is the best omelet I've ever, you know. And so I get that, and and I think it is of such a rewarding uh, industry sector to be in, you know. And I think that is so satisfying. Now, of course, it's demanding. Why is it demanding? Well, most people come in, you know, between half past twelve and half past one, uh, and you spent all morning preparing the food for them, and then most people come in between up by seven and nine and you spend all afternoon preparing all the food for that so you know you 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 spend hours getting everything ready for an hour and a half service um so it's going to be rushed and it's going to be under a bit under pressure but doesn't it do you i think a bit of pressure does everyone good but when you think of a kitchen today mark a kitchen today is nothing like a kitchen as it was you know years ago you know uh it it, it should be calm <laughs> you should be under control it it will be clean you know it will be you know the 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 way we run our sector now and again tom was saying to me you know about washing your hands he said well of course chefs you wash your hands every five minutes you wash your hands so you know it, I, it, yeah i don't it, think was- i think it's such a rewarding industry to be in and there's so many places you can go and finally on that bit you know if you think about years and years ago when I first started I won't even tell you what people you know said to me when I went into a kitchen in London why you know why the hell are you doing that now of course if you were to go and work if you could get a job at I say any amazing restaurant or anywhere around you know or I used to say that you know if you look at the staff at Zoo at Zuma or Sexy Fish or or, or Chilton Firehouse or somewhere, you know, and and then you go, they go out to the, with their friends and they say, what do you do? I work at Chilton Firehouse. Oh, wow, I've always wanted to go there. I've always wanted to go. How do I, can I get, you know? And suddenly the job is quite well. And, of course, a chef, you know, these days chefs, I mean, you turn on a cooking channel, a, a TV, you're watching cooking channels all day long. So I think it's changed a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. 
No, I think I think you're right. You've sold it. You've sold it well there. So that 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 works for me. And you're absolutely right on that sort of health and and safety side, I suppose, of of COVID. And you know, you talk about washing your hands, but you think, yeah, we we deal with life and death in the kitchen on a daily basis because we're, we're you know you're eating something you're putting in your body, and if we send it, you know sell you something that's raw, or if we haven't looked after those shellfish and and you know kept them at just the right temperature, you know, since they've been delivered and, and the paper trail, I do think we should be a trusted part of the uh, of, of the sector you know next to healthcare we are we are used to uh, extreme kind of cleanliness standards and I, and I think we'll be able to navigate our way out of covid if we are allowed to do so which probably leads on to sort of drawing to a close because i'm conscious of time mm. anything you think the government should do or the sector should do to help us sort of get back on our on our feet over the next few months any other burning issues that you've been thinking about i think the government have got to look at furlough i think we're going to be we're going to come you know july the 4th is the opening day if you want to um you saw me speaking to jody kidd about her pub she 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 doesn't see any way she's going to be opening on july the 4th and i know that lots of if you're in the city of london or the city of manchester or the city of wherever you're in the middle of the city you're probably thinking well there's going to be no one around are we due to open on july the 4th and you know, okay, school holidays. It sounds a bit odd that there's people, kids haven't been to school, but they do online schooling and lots of kids are still in school, uh, for, you know, for health workers and, 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 and workers are, are required to sort of keep us all rolling. So I, I think it's going to be so, so I think that furlough is really important for us. And I think that possibly a part time furlough you know, where you can keep some on and some off and work it out how you're going to do. I think rents, obviously, the massive, massive problem right now of rents and, and banks looking after us. I think the banks need to do that. I think all of that, the financial bit, is vital. Um, you're absolutely right to say that we are ourselves, we, we are a, a, a very clean organization, a clean uh, business. You know, we we have to be clean. We have to know where our produce comes from. We have to keep it at certain temperatures. We have to know the temperatures. You know, there's a whole risk assessment that we go through. And that's absolutely right. It's one of a, it's a really good system that we run now. Um, uh, and, I, and I think although we were all possibly the scores and that we're all sort of, oh, my God, and all that, actually, it's probably worked out very well because we're all very uh, aware of how we, we run our establishments. And also, I think the other beauty about running our establishments is our local produce. You know, you, you will be the same. Uh, I, I, I am. I mean, I'm cooking in my own kitchen and I'm sourcing as much locally as I possibly can. So I think restaurants are really keen on doing that, which means you know exactly what you're getting, where it's coming from. Um, and you'll be serving, you know, good quality food. So it. It, 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 I just don't think that, and I think the other thing to finally mention is, is us, is all of us, how ready are we to go out into those restaurants? How, how I mean, I, I had cancer three years ago and I've been quite careful. Now, how, I, I'm like, where am I going to go? I don't know. I'm feeling a bit nervy about going to our my industry right now you know and if i'm feeling a bit nervous about it everyone else is going to feel a bit nervous about it so we've got to make sure that the venues i think once i've gone out once and i feel okay i'm going to be oh actually that was really good but you know we so there's you who have the venues and i have a venue and i'm speaking with the restaurant association hat on we have to prove that our venues are really really safe uh, and and you can come and have a gorgeous meal without somebody near you, you know, coughing and spluttering. And, you know, you just feel comfortable when you're in there because there is no point going to a restaurant where you're going to be uh, on tender hooks and thinking, oh, my God, you know, I need to be out, but I'm not enjoying this because that's going to be a disaster. Uh, and, then, and then the general public have just got to feel very comfortable. So it isn't going to happen overnight at all. I think they'll be, all, you know, once restaurants can sort of open, people are desperate to sort of go in them again. I am. But we're all going to be careful and we're all just, yeah, it, it, there is, I wish I had the crystal ball to say how it's all going to work and how it's all going to go. I've been waffling a bit about it, but I'm trying to 
in, in, I'm looking out over my garden and I'm trying to logically think of the plan route through it. And there isn't one. I think it's a process that, and, and as we go further into it, and as soon as July 4th hits at whatever point and whoever opens, we'll start to understand a little bit more. But what I do love about our, our sector is we are brilliant at improvising, adapting and overcoming all circumstances and all situations. And we will certainly do everything we need to do to make sure our customers are safe. And when they go to those restaurants, I'm sure that everyone's going to have a great time. And I can't wait, by the way, to get out and go to see my friends again. Perfect. Well, look, I think based on two things that that was a, a very eloquent uh, close anyway, but also I promised to finish in time for your uh, next meeting, yes. Robert, and we're, we, we, are, we are touching on it. So I'm going to have to let you go. But look, thank you so much for uh, sparing the time. And thanks for just being a great sort of ambassador and, and sort of yeah, person talking about our industry and, and being out there and representing it on a daily basis. I'm, I think we all appreciate it. Uh, and thanks for sparing the time to chat today. And I wish you the best of luck yeah, navigating the unknowns of, of how we get out of this. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, actually. It's really nice to actually take a time and just to really have a good old chat about, 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 you know, hospitality and where we are. And, and, and you, your questions have been very good. You know, they make you think. And whilst you think, you can then come up with sort of different ideas. And I wish you luck as well with your, your locations and your, your hotel. And I'm sure it'll all be fine. Wonderful. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll meet up face to face for a beer in the sun at the end of this. But uh, right. thank you now for, for Robert. That's great. Cheers. Brilliant. Bye bye now. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And I certainly enjoyed chatting to the super enthusiastic Robert. And I very much look forward to meeting face to face for that icy cold beer once life returns to some sort of semblance of normality. Uh, but for now, please do head over to the Humans of Hospitality website uh, where you will find links to Robert's Instagram page. Uh, and also, whilst you're there, sign up to the weekly newsletter and I will uh, make sure that I keep in touch with you and let you know who I am interviewing. Okay, thank you so much and uh, we'll chat again soon.